0: doesn't happen very often and it's definitely doesn't happen to very many people that you get introduced to your dad to the first message today so it is honor and privilege I am introducing my dad Mark McGarvey in his split sermon today entitled Revealing Revelation. go. Raise it up a little bit. There we go. Yeah, it sure is a beautiful day out there. you push in 90 today, I think, on the uh, forecast. You go suddenly from spring to, uh, to summer, <laughs> in a couple of days, that's Oklahoma for you. So I wanted to talk today about how um, the book of Revelation or the Revelation of Jesus Christ, um, which is its proper name, uh, is one of the most important books of the Bible. On one hand, it's the main source of end-time prophecy, but it also can give us hope, it can strengthen our faith, and it shows us our Savior and how He will return as the King of Kings. And it's interesting that today, as Matt well knows, it's the coronation of King Charles III, or it was the coronation of King Charles III in England. And nobody does pomp and circumstance like the Brits. Now, I, I didn't see it myself because it was on like 6 or 7 a.m. our time, but um, I did record it in my DVR, so I'll watch it later on. <laughs> I can't help it, you know. But um, apparently there were hundreds of thousands of people lined all the streets of London, streets you know closed off, and uh, the old video, of the grainy video I've seen of Queen Elizabeth's coronation, it, it, it must be an impressive thing seeing uh, that whole service uh, going on and uh, the placing of the, the big heavy crown on his head at the end of it and everything that goes with it. But, of course, pales in comparison to our returning King of Kings that one day when we see Jesus Christ return and how amazing, awesome, and beautiful that will be. So, you know, I've read and heard people say, oh, the book of Revelations, oh, it's, it's a bunch of symbolism, metaphors, and stories. No. These events are going to happen, okay? Because the book of Revelation not only ties in with what the book of Daniel says, as well as Zechariah, Isaiah, other books of the Old Testament, but it also ties in what Jesus himself said, in the Gospels, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He he himself prophesied his own return and what's going to happen at the end times. Just look at, uh, for example, for reference, Matthew chapter 24. The whole chapter, Jesus tells the people at the time that were there listening and his his disciples, and Matthew wrote it down for all times for us to see, um, the the Great Tribulation, um, the Son of Man returning, um, and no one knows the hour, you know, th- things that prophesy in his, his return many, many thousand years years later. So as we look at it today and the other scriptures that we look at, we need to understand that you can't brush it aside. You can't say, oh, I don't want to read about that stuff. I don't like it. It's, it's horrible. Well, we can't ignore it because it's essential It's essential because it gives us the signs and events that are prophesied to happen. So you have the intriguing elements like the bigger things that we all know about in the book of Revelations, like um, the two beasts, which I I did two messages on early this year, um, the beast and the false prophet in Revelation 13. You know, the two witnesses, who are they going to be? The abomination of desolation, which Jesus spoke about himself in, in Matthew 24. But we also have the smaller situations in the book of Revelation, the ones that we're not too sure about, and we don't talk about that often, like um, the 144,000 and the great innumerable multitude, or the mighty angel with the little book, and um, the woman, the child, and the dragon. So there's lots of big events, there's lots of small events, they're all covered in the book of Revelation. Then you can compare those interesting events to how when Christ returns and he sets up the kingdom of God, and we'll have that first, these are the big, big events of Revelation that he goes through, that the first 1,000 years after his return, the millennium as it's called, um, and then beyond that, the new Jerusalem, uh, the great white throne judgment, and uh, eternity with Christ and the Father, and as we truly become a part of the God family. But bring it back to the present day, though, as we must, we see the world as it currently stands. And I can't believe that it's still going on, the, the war with Russia and Ukraine some, what, 15 months later. I thought that would be over quickly. I thought Russia would come in and destroy Ukraine in a, in a matter of weeks. And, but uh, fair play to Ukraine. They have fought back, and they are defending their country. And I hope they do, um, because uh, the Great Bear, as it's called, Russia under that evil leader, Putin, is just... It's, it's trying to go back to the old days of the Soviet Union. So we see things like that, and the other various wars that are going on in Africa and the Middle East. Um, and then you have China flexing its muscles all over the world, with no real pushback by anybody. Um, and then here in the U.S. itself, we're told, for example, here the last few years, the last six, seven years, about how if you stand up and talk um, against the likes of gay marriage and the transgender issue, you're a bigot? Well, first of all, whatever happened to the freedom of speech? No, you have your opinion, I have mine, okay? You might not like it, but that's what, it, that's what it's about. That's the First Amendment. We have that right to say that. Don't call me a bigot, because I'm not, okay? Um, and for us Christians, those two things are an abomination in god 's eyes. transgender is an abomination in god 's eyes. men trying to pretend to be women, women trying to pretend to be men and it really comes down to what really bugs me is that, that the whole sport issue with these men that genetically and physically are stronger than women in the likes of the swimming situation with that guy who wasn 't a very was an average swimmer in the men 's college scene he goes and gets the the transgender operation or whatever he does and says he's a woman now and goes and dominates and wins all the swimming events he goes into. I mean, what do you think was going to happen? And, and that poor girl who was runner-up to him in that one big race, she said, it's not fair, it's not right. Of course it's not. And so, luckily, there's lots of sporting um, organizations now around the world who are stepping in and saying, no, you can't do that. Maybe, maybe one day they'll have their own Separate transgender sporting organisation or whatever or department, but you can't you can't do that. It's, it's just not right. So, um, but then you look at all the other situations going on in the country with the murder rate. Right. Murder rate is high; has been for years. Robbery, armed assault, and then you look at what happened in Henrietta this past week. That horrific story of the seven people that were killed, or the guy who killed six other people. Just Horrific situations like this and, and, and the mass shootings that have been going on the last few years, which I don't blame the gun. It's the person who owns the gun, okay? Don't let me get off on that one. You know, in Britain, they don't have guns. What do they use? They use knives. They use baseball bats. The, the Irish used to use car bombs. I mean, it's, it's, it's not the gun, okay, but you know, I don't get that. So, there is an evil spirit in this world, Unfortunately. It's here in America, too, but it's all over the world, and we know its source. Let's look at our first scripture today, the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, and uh, just verse 12. Many of you know this this scripture before we even turn there. It's talking about the armor of God, putting on the armor of God. Ephesians, chapter 6, and verse 12. Let's look at that real quick. So, as Paul writes in Ephesians, he says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And that's what we're up against, you see. Not only are there evil people in the world, an evil man, but Satan himself is running around, like it says, like a roaring lion, devouring whom he can. Him. Now, of course, it, he was involved and he would have been in there and loving World War II and World War I, the, the, the millions of men and women that died then, um, both the soldiers and all the innocent people that were killed. But man, his time is going to be the end times when hundreds of millions of people are going to die and he's going to be loving that and fully in the thick with that. But as, as Paul tells the Ephesians here, we have to put on the whole armor of God against these evil forces. You know, you have to, we always have to be watching our backs in that sense, because although the rates of persecution against Christians aren't staggering too high, I think they're actually higher against the likes of Jews, the anti-Semitism, uh, on a world scale, it happens. Just look at a couple of years ago, COVID-19, and how a lot of the, the government, all these people in local government councils wanted to close down churches. Because everything had to be closed down. Our own church, we were, we were closed down for a few weeks. But luckily in Oklahoma, it wasn't as bad as some other states. But um, I'm sure a lot of those states had ideas. Yeah, let's keep these churches closed as long as we can. Don't people go into those churches. Keep them out of there. Yeah, yeah. Let's keep it up. Let's keep it going. No, no, no. That's almost like a persecution itself. Keeping us away from our beliefs. We... We believe in God, but we want to come to a church. We want to come to meet with our brethren and fellowship and hear messages. And it's it's so much better than being at home. And, and sometimes you can't avoid being at home. And if you're sick or, or whatever, you, you're tired, you've got to, whatever. There's, there's, there's other situations where you can't come every week. But it's a lot better being here. But they didn't want that to happen. And they tried, in some ways, G.T. Bynum almost tried it here, but he didn't succeed. So... That's persecution in my eyes, to a certain extent. It's it's nothing near as bad as what they face in the Middle East and and what the, the Christians face in Russia and China, by any means. But uh, it, it's not good. So, today I want to look at a, at a few scriptures in the book of Revelation, a couple of other scriptures. But let's look at what it reveals to us. And let's understand how it speaks to us now and tells us what's coming. So, Let's go to the book of Revelation itself, then, and begin in chapter 1. Revelation of Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 1, and let's begin in verse 1 itself. Introduction and benediction is a headline in my my Bible. Verse 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified, signified it by his angel to his servant John who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, to all things that he saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. Now, John had been exiled to the island of Patmos, which he mentions himself later on in this first chapter, by the way. But he'd been exiled there by the Roman Emperor Domitian sometime between AD 80 to 100, Um, which, if you do the chronology of it, means John was very young when he was walking around with Jesus, doesn't he? If he was born, say, um, AD 5 or AD 10, he would have been only like 20 when when Jesus died, but he would have been 80 and 90 when he wrote the book of Revelation. So, um, of all the disciples he... um, As far as you know, he wasn't killed. He lived out a full life. Lived to be an old man. And he had uh, not only his own gospel, which he wrote a few years before this, uh, but 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and then the book of Revelation was the last one he wrote. Um, But notice verse 3 again there. Look at that. Blessed is he who reads. God wants us to read about this. Study these prophecies. We're blessed for doing that. Gain the understanding we need to on all the subjects in this last book of the Bible. Because I believe we are heading towards the last days. But whether it's five years, t- ten years, twenty years, because we don't know the hour of the day, we have to be ready. Because when all these events start happening, they're going to move quickly. Okay? Especially the last three and a half years. It's one event after the other. It's the cosmic disturbances. It's, it's the the beasts. The two witnesses will be there in Jerusalem. Everything that will be going on will happen very, very quickly. As John as John tells us in Revelation twelve, twelve, for example, Satan won't have much time left to deceive as many as he can for millions to die but he will come after us and all of God's people like never before. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and, y- and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the seal, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. Scary words, because he will come after us. Those of us who keep the commandments of God, and the churches of God worldwide, he is gonna come after us like you wouldn't believe and nothing's been seen like it before. Now, thankfully, there are some scriptures in there that show that uh, many of us will be protected and taken to the wilderness, and what's called commonly a place of safety. That's in Revelation, uh, I think, 13 or, or 14. But uh, you know, what if? Here's another ta- another tangent. I may go off, but it, it, it's relevant. The, uh, it's relevant. What if one day all our Bibles are banned, for example? <coughs> what if all tablets and and phones um, that it's illegal to have Christian literature and ide- ideology etc now it happened in Canada in 2015 they passed a, a law in Canada to ban Bibles um, because you know th- I think it stems back to it was an anti-Islamic law or something the, the, the Muslims were offended by it and so the, they passed a law banning all Bibles but Incredible. Um, but what if that does happen someday? It could happen in three or four years' time. You never know. To make it illegal to have any kind of Christian literature. Doesn't bear thinking about But So therefore, we've got to internalize the Word of God. You know, If that ever does come down to that, get it into our minds and in our hearts. Read as much of this stuff as we can now while we can to remember it and to think about it, and to have it stored away. So if this stuff does t- get taken away from us, well, we know. We're still going to know what's happening, what's going to happen. So let's continue here in uh, Revelation chapter 1, and let's go th- from verses uh, 4 through 8. Revelation chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. Verse 4. John... The seven churches which are in Asia. Grace to you and peace from Him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before His throne. Now the seven spirits here probably refer to the seven angels over the seven churches, that John mentions in chapters two and three. The seven churches that we know of: um, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira. Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Seven churches. And they all had their various characteristics and characters that we know. That's what the seven spirits will be. Uh, Verse five, let's continue. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Our sins are erased and blotted out by Christ's blood. We are washed down and we washed clean by his blood. And we looked at the, all of that in detail, uh, Passover, just a few weeks ago. Let's continue. Verse 6 And has made us kings and priests to his God, and Father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Verse 7. Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. All the world will see Christ return and coming in the clouds. And this is referenced, coming in the clouds is referenced in Daniel chapter 7, verse 13. As I mentioned earlier, you can, when you look at a prophecy... You should have the book of Daniel bookmarked and the book of Revelation. They go hand in hand. But uh, uh, Daniel chapter 7 verse 13. Is that in there? There you go. I was watching in the night visions and behold one like the son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the ancient of days and they brought him near before him. See that ties in perfectly with Revelation 1 verse 7. All the world will see Christ return and made even easier by the likes of cable TV and satellite TV. But maybe Christ will make it happen where he will go around the world several times before he does, does land in Jerusalem so everyone can see him, you know. So, and let's uh, finish off here f- for now in, in verse 8. And this is Jesus Christ. I'm speaking now to John. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. The Alpha and the Omega are the first and last letters of the Greek alphabet. So he is in charge, and is in control of history, and will see it through until its consummation, and his victory over all. He is the Alpha and the Omega, Omega, the beginning and the end, and he mentions that a couple more times in the book of Revelation. So, Today I'm going I'm to stop right here now because I'm going to come back in future messages and cover some of this in, in more detail and go through the book of Revelations um, and look at some other stuff here we need to look at and be aware of. And, uh, but we need to be talking more about the wonders and the knowledge God gives us in the book of Revelation and uh, I intend to do it. But what the book of Revelation reveals to us is God has already set the wheels in motion, as it were. We know there are difficulties and trials ahead, but we can't do any of this by ourselves. We need his help. His Holy Spirit can guide us. It can help us fight on despite what the world throws at us. But as Jesus Christ himself says in John chapter 16, verse 33, John chapter 16, verse 33, the last couple of lines there. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. This is where it counts. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world.